It's Robin Marshall, and welcome to the world of Sugar Mom. It's a name I made up, really. In fact, I trademarked it, and I call it Sugar Mom. Two words, Sugar Mom. And a Sugar Mom is just that woman who's reached a point in her life where she realizes how much good she's done for everyone around her. And now it's her turn, where we can all claim me time. And things that we've put off for years, we take the time to do for ourselves. Maybe things we've fantasized about or things we've just put on the back burner and said, someday I might be able to go back and be that woman again. Well, the truth of the matter is you still are that woman. It's just there were so many demands put upon us that we couldn't do everything. Even though we're masters at multitasking, we don't multitask ourselves. We multitask everybody that can be reached by one of our tentacles. But now is the time in our lives where we sit back in the chair and look around us. Our kids are grown or they're getting there. Our husbands are playing golf or involved in several passions that might not include us. We might have the greatest marriage in the world, but nothing can be good enough if there's not something just for you. And that's what I call being a sugar mom, because we deserve that sugar. It's our own sugar. We don't need anybody to give it to us. We can find it on our own. So to make this into more of a fun type of, do you have the sugar it takes to be a sugar mom? I developed a quiz. I made up my own questions. I have answers. And I have the test results for when you're done. So if you'll bear with me and grab a pen and a tablet, we can take this quiz together. This test will not only determine where you are right now in your mental state, it'll also allow you to determine how far you want to travel into the world of so-called sugar mom. Maybe we'll find the perfect middle together, the perfect starting point and the perfect landing place just for you. Because this test that I created is highly individualized. Even our moms taught us no two people are alike. At some point, we have to give credit to our mothers. Yes, they were right. Damn it. Now, let me just say ahead of time, this test is on a website that I own called sugarmom.net. So when you finish taking this test and you write your answers down, just go to the quiz page at sugarmom.net and fill in those answers. Just all you have to do is put a little check mark beside whatever answer you chose. And then at the end, you'll get your results. Let's start the test. Number one, if you've been waiting for a while in line in a store and the phone rings and the clerk decides to answer the phone, will you A, wait patiently, B, complain to the person behind you, C, say something to the clerk to interrupt them, D, put your finger on the disconnect line and disconnect the call for the clerk. See how this works? A, B, C, or D. Now, I'll tell you my answer, but you can't change yours because, like I said, this is individualized. We are two different people. You stick with your answer and I'll stick with mine. I would do D. I'd put my finger on that disconnect line faster than their head could spin. And I would disconnect that call and say, excuse me, I got out of bed this morning. I got in my car. I put on my makeup 
and I'm here standing in line waiting to talk to you. I didn't pick up the phone and call. I deserve your undivided attention. And I wouldn't do it like a bitch. I would just be very matter-of-fact. That's just me. Two, will you wear mismatched earrings on purpose? A, never. B, only by accident. C, sure. D, I don't even understand why anybody wouldn't. My answer to this question would be, I don't even understand why anyone wouldn't. What's wrong with being different? I would love to do something like that, and I do it. And people will say to me, oh, did you know you're wearing two different earrings? And I would look at them like they're crazy. Of course I know. Do you think I don't look in the mirror? I mean, if somebody says to me, I love your earrings, I haven't the vaguest idea what pair I'm wearing. I'll say thank you, of course, first, but then I'll have to go find a mirror to see which ones they were. If I were to put my hand under my chin and not be able to see from the chin down, I couldn't even tell you what outfit I was wearing. 15 minutes after I was dressed. Next question. Will you wear lingerie outdoors as in wearing an outfit? A. No. B. Only by accident. C. Why not? And D. If it looks good and it's comfy, absolutely. I'm the D girl. (laughs) If it looks like it could pass for an outfit and it is comfy as hell, that outfit will leave the bed and step outside to the store on my body. And if somebody has the nerve to ask me, are you wearing lingerie? I would tell them, of course not. (laughs) Let them wonder just a little bit. Moving on. If having sex and you're not satisfied, will you say something to your partner? A. No, it's not worth it. B. Maybe if I think I'll see him again. C. I'm afraid I'd hurt his ego. D. Yes, I need to be fulfilled too. I mean, look, if you don't have an orgasm every single time you're with somebody... You let them slide a few times because you still get caught up in the passion and the the motion and all the good stuff that he's caught up in. I mean, it is great, even without. But, you know, there comes a time when we do deserve and need that release ourselves. So you got to pick and choose, I think. But my answer would be, yes, I need to be fulfilled at least half the time. Maybe I should have had like a little addendum to that question, but. I'm that D girl again. They're not all Ds, I don't think, for me. Next, if you're at a movie and people around you are talking, you will A, roll your eyes and deal with it. B, ignore and watch the movie. C, try and politely look at them to get them to shut up. Or D, tell them you paid money too and you'd like them to be quiet. What would you do? Maybe I should have also added, throw popcorn at them. I mean, sheesh, movies aren't cheap. When you go to the movie, you want to be enveloped in that screen and that plot and the action and the drama. I don't want to hear somebody talking about who got laid the night before, three rows up or two people down. That's just plain old stupid. So I'm the D girl again. 
I'd tell them I paid money too, and would you kindly just shut up? Next, if on a grocery line and you're five deep waiting, and another cashier opens up, and the people behind you run in front, will you, A, stay where you are and deal with it? B, tell the people that jumped the line that you were next? C, Tell the manager they need to teach their cashiers how to say, next person in line, please. Or D, leave your cart full and walk out of the store. (laughs) I know you know what I would do. (laughs) If I can wait there for 20, 30 minutes in that five deep line and five people jump in front of me because the cashier doesn't know how to say, next person, That cashier can come over and put all my crap back on the shelves. I just have no patience when it comes to these things. Damn it. Anyway, next question. If someone is smoking and it's bothering you, will you A. Try and turn the other way. B. Breathe through your mouth. C. Ask them to put it out. D. Tell them you're allergic. And would they mind putting it out or blowing in another direction? Now, honestly, all four of those are acceptable answers. You don't have to be off your rocker to choose one or the other. So I would, again, be the D woman. And the thing is, I am allergic. And I know they're outside. And I know they're entitled to the open air. But... What is so terrible about going up to somebody that is blowing in your direction and asking them to just blow it in the other direction? I mean, if the wind is coming your way, no matter what direction they blow in, it's still going to come back to you. It's like bad karma. I mean, the right person would just put the damn cigarette out. How many right people do you know that smoke? Next. You see how I'm starting to get myself aggravated? If your date begins to stare at another woman while with you, will you A. Ignore it, men or men? B. Try and see what he's so fascinated with. C. Invite the woman to sit with you. D. Wave your hand at him and say, Hello? And here's an E. Call a cab. What would you do? How tough are you? Now, just think about it. Before you put your check mark and before you answer, I mean, really, really think about this. You spent the time to pick out that dress. You chose which eyeshadow matched what lipstick. You used cream on your face. You shaved your freaking legs. And this man that asked you out is looking at another woman? He's lucky I didn't add F. Slap him across the face. I seriously need to calm down. My answer, I'd get a cab. Maybe today an Uber. It's a lot cheaper. Why should I spend more money because of a disrespectful man? I'd call a cab. That'd be the end of it. He could sit down and have drinks with her. I'd never talk to him again. End of story. Next, when it comes to sex, you like to A, keep things the same. B. Try new things. C. Try new men. D. Watch and learn. This is like a trick question. 
I would absolutely not do A, keep things the same, because I bore easily. You know, it's that type A kind of person. I would try new things all the time. Try new men. I mean, if I'm not involved with somebody specifically and, hey, how am I supposed to find the right guy if I can't try new men? I mean, sex is a big part of the man that you're going to wind up with, right? You wouldn't be with somebody if you didn't like him sexually. And how in the world are we supposed to know if we like him if we don't try him? Watch and learn? No. I just don't think that's for me. I could partake and learn, but I'm not watching. Again, these are my answers. You have to go see how you score when we're done. And there's only a few left. Ten. If your partner wanted to watch you have sex with someone else, would you A. Feel insecure? B. First ask if they'd want to participate too? C. Flat out say, hell no. D. Find it to be erotic, just that they asked you to do it. You don't think it's hot? I mean, even if you don't do it, don't you think it's hot that your partner would want to see you be with somebody else? I mean, it's completely outside the box. And again, you don't have to do it. But think about what he's thinking about in his head. That is a hot little fantasy going on in there. And you don't even have to compete with it because you're a part of it. That's the wow factor. Next, before you dropped out of a heart attack from these questions, if your kid's friend's parents allow drinking in their home while the kids are underaged, will you, A, see what the other parents will allow their kids to do and trust the parent will take the keys until your kid sobers up? B, trust your child will not drink. C, explain to your child why these adults are acting like children. Or D, forbid your child to go to that home again. You know, this is a very tough question. It has nothing to do with sex. When it comes to our children, we are much more straight-laced than we are inside our heads thinking about sexual fantasies, right? So, A, See what the other parents would allow their kids to do? I could give two shits about what anybody else's parent would do because I make up my own mind. You might as well call me the Harper Valley PTA mom. And to trust your child will not drink? That's a bunch of baloney because you know as well as I know that we were drinking when we were our kid's age. Right? Those things have not changed. We may think our children are innocents, but they're not. They may still believe in Santa, but they might have a bottle of booze in their hand at the same time while they're discussing it. Or a beer. Doesn't matter. Explaining to your child why these adults are acting like children, we can explain till we're blue in the face. And those parents will always be the cool parents. We won't. So you might as well be resigned to the fact that we suck in our children's eyes when it comes to this issue. So... Having said all of that, my answer would be, you are not allowed to go to that party. And then I would have my husband stand outside the bedroom and I would stand in the hall just to make sure they don't try and sneak out, which would not be the first time. (laughs) You always have to put yourself in the place of the person you're trying to protect. And I snuck out of my house when I was 15. Holy hell did I sneak out. I'm lucky I found my way home half the time. 
Next, if you see anyone being bullied, you are most likely to A, think to yourself, it's not my business, and look the other way. B, feel badly for the bullied person. C, try and figure out what caused it. D, say something to the bully to make it stop. You know, this is a hands down for me. A lot of people are not as aggressive as I am. And I finally learned that in my late 40s. (laughs) My husband had to tell me one day, you know, Robin, not everybody thinks like you. And I looked at him like my head tilted like my dogs. And I said, what? Really? He says, no, no, you're like one of a kind and and you need to stop having high expectations and thinking that people understand just what goes on inside that head of yours. And, you know, that was sort of like an eye opener to me. I swear to you, I thought most people thought like me. I don't know why. I, I just don't. Because everything I think, even if it's a little abstract, makes perfect common sense. Anyway, I could never walk away from a bullying situation. Never, because I feel there's nothing worse than watching a bully bully and not saying anything. So, you know, we risk the chance of getting hurt by stepping in. But I feel I would hurt even more later on knowing that I did nothing. And I hope that out of this whole test, which most of it was fun, and there's still one more question to go, but I hope that out of everything I discussed, and all the questions I asked, that this one will stick with you forever. There's the bully, there's the one who's being bullied, and then there's the one who watches the bully bullying someone. And the one who watches and doesn't do anything is the worst out of the three. So please, as you walk by your neighbor's house and you hear banging or screaming, knock on the door. Just knock on the door or call the police because somebody in there is getting hurt and you know it. You know your neighbors. You know one of them is crazy or they could both be crazy. But if you don't knock or call 911, it's going to keep going on and someone is going to get hurt. And when you have an opportunity, if ever the opportunity should arise, talk to the woman of the household and see if there's anything you can do. Offer her a place to go, someone to talk to. Maybe there's a professional that you know of that one of your other girlfriends used. Just try and do something. Don't put yourself in harm's way, but try and get her out of harm's way. Finally, to lighten things up a bit, while out on a bad date, you tend to A, endure it and finish your meal just because you got dressed up. B, Try and find the good in him, even though you know you're not that match. C. Spend as much time in the ladies' room as possible. (laughs) And D. Ask for the check and pay for the meal. That is me. I know within 10 minutes whether I have met my disaster date or not. And I give him the benefit of the doubt. He could be a nervous wreck. He could be acting not like himself at all. But who needs a man that's so nervous? I need somebody that's stronger than me, that can take control and and order for me, even if you don't know me. 
Ask if I like spicy things. Ask if I like this. Ask if I like squishy foods. Ask me and order for me. Don't be nervous because you make me nervous. So I would be that woman who says to the guy, hey, I really appreciate that you worked up the nerve to ask me out because it's the hardest thing in the world for a man to do. I get it. But this, we both know, is not a match. And you did the asking, which is worth more than whatever is on this check. So I would like to pay for this dinner. And that's what I do. And you know what? We always remain friends. You don't find the guy you're looking for, but you find a new friend. So there you have it, the Sugar Mom Quiz. And all you have to do is go to sugarmom.net Click on quizzes. It's called the Sugar Mom Test. Put your little check marks in the answers that you chose. And then at the very bottom, click on Get Test Results. And you'll see just how far or close you are to being a sugar mom. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I did. I can't wait to see my results because it's been such a long time. I don't remember. I mean, I'm still the same woman, but I want to know how I score. But I already know I am a sugar mom. I know what I want. I know what I want for those around me. I know what's almost reachable. And I know that even without a step stool, I'm going to reach that goal. And I want the same for you. Go get your results and we'll talk again. Thank you so much for spending time with me again. You can find me at robinmarshall.com. Look on this sugarmom.net page for the quiz. And there's plenty for you to see, plenty for you to take part in and have a good time with. But wait, we're going to be talking about how men view smart women versus not so smart women. Just hang with me for 10 more seconds. Sugar Mom News. A team of researchers from the University of Buffalo, California Lutheran University, and the University of Texas discovered that most men would rather date someone who is less intelligent than them. There's a shock. And if I might speak for all of us, guys, get over it. Most women are smarter than men, and we're more educated. Studies even show that women are enrolled in college more than men and more women graduate from college than men. It's all about having patience, for God's sake. For men, apparently, having an intelligent girlfriend is like having a pet wolf. It's cool in their minds, but not something they'd want in real life. At least, that's the conclusion of this recent study. And no, they didn't use a real wolf. But they found that men might say they look for intelligence and potential partners, but most of them are really just intimidated by the idea of being with a woman who's smarter. They won't even ask them out on a date. Seriously, if we look in their eyes, we can already tell. So why would we say yes? It makes sense for those kind of guys to be intimidated by this kind of woman. I get it. But here's the part that shocks me. I don't know how many of you I can speak for, probably a lot, but I always look for a man that's smarter than me. 
So here we go again, stuck in this position where if we would just talk to each other, we could figure all this nonsense out. You want a smart woman, but not really. We want a smart man, yes. That's an easy fix. If we just talk to each other, we could figure it out in 10 seconds. He's an idiot or he's not an idiot. She's too smart or she's okay. I think it's harder on us to dumb down than it is for you guys to smarten up. Oh, but we still love you and worship the ground you walk on. Hell, you could probably part the waters. <sighs> it's a simple fact. We always want what we can't have. Both of us. So just be happy with what you got or move on. How did I get from that start to this ending? Hey, if I haven't confused you enough, go check out the website, sugarmom.net. There's videos, audios, blogs. There's even a store that you might want to buy yourself something. A pair of earrings. An ankle bracelet. When was the last time you wore an ankle bracelet? Makes you feel so... sexy. But wait, there's more. Now, this is made for a dual audience. For the women that can relate, and maybe to knock some sense into the guys that are important to us. All right. If it comes from the Huffington Post, then you know it's worth listening to. They asked women what they wish men would do on first dates. Here are seven of the best responses. One, actually ask her out on a date. Not just to hang out or chill. Also, hold the door open for her and pull out her chair. Chivalry is not dead. Not in a woman's mind. Admit you're nervous, too, so she knows she's not the only one. Doesn't that make sense? Put your phone away. That's a really big deal. I don't know where I just read this, but there were statistics written that people have their phones in front of their faces more than two-thirds of their day. I was thinking about that. Do you know how much of the world you miss because you're looking at your phone? Walking down the street, you should be looking around, enjoying the sights. Instead, many, many people are just typing away on their phone. Driving. I don't even want to talk about it. You know not to text and drive. On a date. As per this conversation... Why would you look at your phone when you're supposed to be spending attention on the person sitting across from you? It's just disrespectful. Put your phone away. Also, don't talk about your sex life. She doesn't want to know. Not on a first date. Trust me on that one. Actually listen to her responses after you ask a question. Don't ask the question and pretend like she doesn't have an answer so that you can talk about something else. It's called communications. And furthermore, don't ever ask a question that you're not prepared to hear the answer for. So I wouldn't ask her, how many sexual partners have you had? Because if she says 25, you're stuck with the bill and another two hours to go on your date. <laughs> Finally, don't examine the bill when you receive it like you're itemizing what each person ordered. That kind of shows that you're maybe cheap. Women don't like cheap men. They like men with deep pockets, or at least reasonably deep pockets. Not every woman is out there for the money. Trust me on that one, too. 
but they certainly don't want one that's constantly looking for a bargain because she's not a bargain. And there you go. Have a great day. It's Robin Marshall, America's number one sugar mom. A Westwood One podcast production.